Extra Time with Ronan Quirk. Hello, good evening and welcome to another edition of Extra Time. My name is Ronan Quirk. We're here until 8 o'clock this evening. We'd love to know your thoughts on a busy weekend of hurling. 083 311 That text number works for WhatsApp messages as well, 083-311-3311. You can also get us on the Tip FM Twitter feed, which is at Tip FM Sport. One texter says, I'd just like to say that the match between Boerhaan and Kilsheelan was won and lost on penalties. What a joke. The man that invented penalties must have never hurled. No need to blame COVID. COVID is blamed for everything. Stupid people flicking a biro. I think this gentleman is upset. Not perhaps with the result but the fact that the result was determined by means of a penalty shootout that intermediate quarter final between or was it a preliminary quarter final probably was actually between Boerland and Kilsheelan Kilcash in hurling and it was all square after extra time and so no room in the fixture list for a replay but I don't think Kilsheelan Kilcash are involved in much next week and Borland possibly aren't involved in much next week I wonder why it couldn't have been fixed for next week anyway no replays allowed and therefore went to penalties Kilsheelan Kilcash I think winning 4-3 on penalties much to the disgust of our texter 083-311-3311 don't forget we're looking for the Tip FM Sports Star of the Month for the month of September this is in association with the Talbot Hotel Clonmel if you'd like to nominate somebody who you believe is deserving of this month's award email sportstar at tipfm.com and um, that's where your nominations can come in. We've got loads of winners today. People like Colin Maher, the MMA champion, Rachel Blackmore, Orla Dwyer, Amy Lee Murphy-Crow, Aidan O'Brien won it. Uh, the Tipperary Minor Hurling team have won it. Sam Bennett has won it. So our sports panel will select the Tip FM Sports Star of the Month with the winner receiving an engraved piece of jewellery from John Quirk Jewellers and Care. Monthly winners then go forward to complete for the Tip FM Sports Star of the Year. So it's all... Uh, in association with the Talbot Hotel Clamel, where precious memories are made. Don't forget, sportstar at tipfm.com. That ticks number again, 083-311-3311. But let's get straight to events in the stadium over the course of the weekend. Kilroy McDonough's are still standing after their win over Tumivara in the stadium this weekend. Uh, tight affairs like they all were in the quarterfinal stages. No easy quarterfinals at this stage of Dan Breen. Kilroy McDonough's are one of the four into the semifinals. Let's hear from their manager, Liam O'Kelly. He spoke to Tip FM's Stephen Gleeson at the full-time whistle in Thurles. Oh, I'm shattered. But look, I always knew, I always knew a, a local derby against Tumivara, my own club, it was going to be nip and tuck. You know, uh, uh, Tumivara came with a, ma- with a massive fight. Uh, I expect that all week. You know, uh, coming to the hour, we just go, we, 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 we go out, out at right end. And that was easy at the end of the day. Like, you know, Seamus Hensley came on there. Uh, Buggy O'Mara came on there, scored a great goal for us. You know, that's the character of the players we have on our team. These lads come off the bench, like. But uh, I always knew it was going to be a tight game. We're happy to move forward now and uh, we'll, 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 we'll take it from there. Yeah, like it was a game that went both ways. Tommy Vara, just when any time you got ahead, they just clawed back at yeah, you again yeah, and yeah. stayed right on your on your yeah, heels all the yeah. time. Yeah, it was like the, it was like the, it was like the, 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 the river. Like you know, the momentum was changing the whole time, and and uh, you know we were open. Listen, they came back. They, they got a great goal below, and you know what I mean. Look, it was just like that. That's Tommy Vara for you. You know, 
they they write their game and they can write to a different level against teams like us and uh, fair juice to them put a huge effort there but look we're happy to come out this one now it's right and I'll be, I'll be very honest we're happy, really really happy this now today You have a lot of leaders there in your team uh, you know you've got young guys like Darcy and Keno Kelly there and then you've got the more experienced lads like Niall O'Mara leading the way Jerome Cahill showing his worked with Tip the last number of years as an underage player and it showed today as well and then the experienced uh, Seamus Hennessy just came on the field he got two points within a minute I think it was when he just came on the field to play he was immense and just gave you real confidence Ah yeah absolutely yeah. Look, and, and Seamus would, would have been his points and not to be starting out today in fairness you know he, he honestly would be huge his points I told him after four games we need him off the bench today and demanded he was no problem just him before for the game he no problem doing that for the team and then that's, that, that's the man that Seamus Hensley is and has been for years with Killer One a true, a true leader a true leader and you know Bogey O'Mara look out of the clouds there today he'd been training hard for the last couple of weeks with us. I, I, I told him he'd have, he'd have a part to play didn't think he'd, he'd have the part he played today but like the testament to the man you know come on score a fantastic goal you know what can I say sure I, I, I can say nothing about that like I mean that, that's the man like but you mentioned there you know one guy really you know Craig Morgan told like it's a massive, massive loss, and I, I can't underestimate that, and I wouldn't underestimate it in any way. And and, and fairness, he spoke there half time. You know, he 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 said a few honest words to the players inside. You know, and we're we're very fortunate. We have great leaders in that changing room, massive leaders in that changing room. You know what I mean? And I won't, won't pick anybody out. Kieran Cahill uh, got very badly injured last Sunday morning at training, and uh, he he never trained all week, and he done a fitness test in Killer One today at three o'clock, and he came through, and you know, and, and that was a last minute decision I had to make. He done a fitness test, and uh, he came through the fitness test at three o'clock. I came here driving here. I was, I was happy knowing that he was starting the players. You know, the the, the build from that to lose Kieran Cahill and, and Craig Morgan for today's game would would have been unreal like for us, like you know. But look, Kieran Cahill testament to the man again. He'd an outstanding game. Played to the very end. Come injured again but he, he, he gave 110% like but I can't fault all those young lads we have a lot of young lads in there they're our for, first year Horan Senior Killer One we've we a great panel of players and there's massive honesty in that change room huge honesty now and, that, and that's a word I, I don't use lightly because we've older lads there we've younger lads there putting their, putting their hand up you know Aaron Morgan there uh, immense today immense today and has been immense for the last three or four games, outstanding. Since his brother got injured, he actually really has stood up big time. Paulie Williams in the goals. Uh, my own son, Keno Kelly. You know, they're all young lads. You know, they're all really, really good, honest young lads. Kanye Austin there, first year playing senior hurling today. He, he was tough to choose, but he, he, he had an immense part to play in the game. That's what we're all about. Team game. And it's great to be still there now in the hunt yeah. for Dambreen. Absolutely, we're still there. You know, we'll, we're going to draw tomorrow, even where the case may be, and we'll see and we'll see where we are. We'll see where we are at that stage. But it's in the final stage now, and you know, th- that's where we're at. We're, we're and we're genuinely delighted to be there. Now that's uh, Liam O'Kelly from Killer One speaking after their two seventeen to two fifteen win over Tumivara in the stadium on Saturday. Drum and Inch won the first game in the stadium on Saturday, 21 points to 18 points win over Lockmore Castellani. That obviously means Lockmore Castellani have been dethroned as Tipperary Senior Hurling Champions. Mick Ryan was on duty for us. How are you, Mick? Hi, how's it going, Ronan? I'm, I'd love to talk to you about the story of the year, which is Upper Church Drumban. I'm sure you have a, um, a non-polarised version of, of events that's <laughs> happening in Upper Church at the moment, but I'll stick to the script for a minute, if you don't mind. I'm, I was really interested to listen to Liam O'Kelly there because he spoke about Craig Morgan's talking to the players at halftime. He spoke about Craig Morgan's brother up in his game in res- after Craig 
has that injury. He spoke about leaders on the field. Um, and he's making a coherent argument that we should perhaps be, 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 be looking at Kilroan as serious contenders for Dan Breen this year in a way that perhaps we've looked at them in the past and thought, do you know what, when the heat comes on, maybe they mightn't be able to deliver. Is there something different about them this year? I think there is. Uh, I think there is, to be fair to them. Um, I watched their game also um, and uh, I thoroughly enjoyed it, but I, I, I thought um, you know they, they, played, they played a really good game of Hurland. I thought that was a good game between themselves and Tumivara, you know, and they're two near neighbours and obviously know their styles intimately, you know, but I was very impressed with Kilwan McDonough's. You know, they got straight into it. Um, good hurlers, uh, very well-developed skill level across all of their panel and um, you know they created goal opportunities there that they, they were unlucky that you know they didn't take more of those in the first half um, but they did come good you know and uh, I just heard the tail end of Limo Kelly there chatting about Buggy's finish later on in the second half but like that was a, a fantastic finish but but going back to your point your point you know your point being that you know they've been we, that we always speak about Kilwan McDonald's yeah I've talked him up a lot and I've learned to keep my mouth for this county yeah. um, but you know um they're in the position now to, you know, they've earned their way right through um, and winning winning at the weekend as well. You know, they're they're in the semi-final. We now know the draw. They're playing Upper Church as well. And, um, you know, uh, you know, it's just a fantastic position for both yeah. clubs to be in. But, you know, Kilwan McDonough's, they had that tradition. And, um, you know, it's where, dare I say that they would, you know, they expect to be as a big club, you know, as a really successful club of the past. And um, they work really hard there. You know, all of the the right measures are in place, all of the you know good systems are in place, and they've been working really hard to build this. This is this hasn't happened overnight for Kilwan McDonald's. This is something that's been built. I would I would suggest over the last five, six, seven years. I saw them win a North title, beat Kiladangan in 2018, and I thought they'd kick on and be really serious contenders for Dan Breen. They haven't kicked on since that North title in 2018. But the players, the cohort of players they had then are mature, a little bit more mature now. You talk of the likes of the Keno Kellys, uh, Jerry Cal, Jerome Cal. I mean, he's not involved in the tip senior setup last year. Surely he's worth another look on the basis of his vision and his skill levels. Uh, and then you have Seamus Hennessy. I know his intercounty days are behind, but what a loss he was to Tipperary because he's still able to perform at club level and what a leader he is. And if you're bringing Boogie O'Mara on and scoring goals as well, you've brought uh, Niall O'Mara. I mean, I'm missing out some players that I haven't mentioned, but that's a nucleus of a hell of a side. It is, it is. And, you know, they've got that vital ingredient too, um, you know, which is brothers on the panel. And uh, not to be underestimated, Drum have it in spades there, you know. And, Champions, uh, yeah. Lockmore have it in spades. Um, but, you know, um, just Niall O'Mara and Buggy and uh, Willie Cleary there and his brother Thomas. And, um, or, you know, you could go right down through it, obviously. Yeah, Aaron Morgan and um, Craig. Uh, sorry, yeah, exactly. The, the chap that's injured, but like, you, there's no substitute for that. And I think nearly every successful team has some element of you know extended family attached to it. And I don't think it's a coincidence because I just think you give a little bit more. It me, it's a little bit more personal. Um, you know, and it, it's it's fascinating to watch. You know, as I said, Lockmore over the last number of years, God knows, between brothers and cousins, and uh, yeah, I'd say if you went out to second cousins, the whole team must be related. Yeah, I think um, so. Yeah, 
Yeah. Look, I mean, it, so Kilroan with that win over Tumivara, I, I suppose on the bookies fancied Kilroan in advance of that game. The other game on Saturday was Drum against Lockmore, and this was all champions against McGrath's first cousins marking each other, which is great, which is what we all enjoy in the, the GA. But Drum always were able to keep that three point advantage. Lockmore tr- never really clawed it back fully and never got on parity, I don't think. Uh, no. And, you know, the, the one word I would have used to describe uh, Drum and Inch throughout was efficient. Um, now, I could, be, I could be out by a point or, two, or a, a, um, a wide or two, but I tallied their overall wides uh, wide for today as being at six. Now, that could be seven. And I tallied Lockmore's as being at 13, and that could also be 14. But it's given you a, it's given you a kind of a picture. Um, Lockmore will rule a lot of their wasted chances and um, most of those came from open play and uh, Noel McGrath took the freeze in both the first half and second half and he missed none 100% record on his freeze um, uh, Liam took three he missed two in the first half so look that would be still in the 90s for a free taking so you know that wasn't the problem the problem was they're shooting from and probably a little bit of their decision making um, from open play but I'll tell you some of those players that came on, like the, you know, we know we like we know exactly who they've been missing from last year. But the players that stepped in from, um, for me, were very impressive. You know, young Kieran McCormack, Connor McGrath, um, you know, and then several guys. Aiden Aiden um, McGrath popped out of the goals from last year. Um, you know, and I would have seen Aiden play at, at six for a number of years, and he's an outstanding six. But it just shows the versatility of these guys. Yeah. And uh, Michal McGrath went into the goals and, and, you know, acquitted himself very well, conceded no goals. But, you know, they just they got sucker punched after sucker punched. You know, losing John Marr so early into the game, losing John Ryan late on into the game, like they would they would be the platform of the half-back line. Oh, sure, John Marr is such an excellent centre-back for his club. Outstanding, yeah. outstanding centre-back, you know. But, and I wouldn't, I wouldn't for a second underestimate the influence of John Ryan beside him. He has been immense in that position for the last number of years. But typical Lockmore in terms of what to do. Noel went deep. Uh, Brian seemed to drop across into the middle and they're so versatile and interchangeable. But there was a period in that first half and Noel McGrath was just running the game. Yeah, He, he gave amazing. an absolute exhibition there. I would say for probably a 15 to 20 minute period there, um, he was involved in everything that was good and tidied up everything that needed tidying up. Um, he must but, be a joy to coach. Ah, uh, yeah. Well, look, but honestly, uh, coaching and Noel McGrath, I think just let him out is that, you know, he needs no coaching. He just needs, some, you know, everybody else needs to get to his level and understand, you know, where, the, where he's seen the game and uh, how quickly he's seen the game. Um, and you did mention, um, um, God, I have so many names on these programs after yeah. the weekend. Jerome Cahill. Yeah, Jerry, yeah. I would liken Jerome Cahill an awful lot um, as being a young uh, Noel McGrath in terms of how he sees the game he's one of those very very special players um, and he's just oozing with talent and he glides along the ground and I honestly mean that um, he's just a joy to watch and uh, and honestly uh, I really hope Liam Cahill can can talk to Jerome and get it, get him get him in amongst um, that tip yeah, it's, it's, it's vision. it's vision it's those things you can't coach fellas who kind of know where the ball is going to be before it's even played before I let you go and I have an awful lot to cover tonight Mick is a quick question and Stephen Gleeson's coming on after what's going on in Upper Church? Yeah <laughs> It's um, great times though isn't it? <laughs> We're having the best time, honestly. Um, you know, between 
between you know the, the run in the football and um, and the run in the hurling. Like we, we've just since the, the the start of the county championship and look you know roll it back a little bit. We had a very disappointing mid championship by our own standards and by our own expectations. Um, and that's not to take uh, anything away from J.K. Brackens that beat us in the semi final and went on and won their final. They're they're first by the, the first way. ever, yeah. But we were disappointed with us. And um, and I suppose question marks remained about our team, you know, and how are we going to approach the county championship that was coming? And we didn't we didn't have the platform we had, we would have wished for facing into it. But in fairness to these boys, they've just put all that aside. You know, those past kind of you know performances that they wouldn't have been at, at where we wanted them to be made no difference to them, and they just wrote a whole new chapter for themselves. And they've been just fantastic for us as supporters to go and chase and go and follow and go and shout about, and by God, they gave us loads to shout about yeah, yesterday. It's From a really difficult position, you know, to end up with, you know, and I won't say an emphatic win, but an emphatic run to win it. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and eight, eight points... Um, unanswered. Uh, unanswered, you know, like, you're going to win when you do things like that. Mick, it's always good talking to you. Uh, apart from the Shanahan's, how many other sets of brothers, just to pr- pr- probe your theory on successful teams? Yeah, we have them. Yeah, um, the Shanahan's. Uh, there's, there's the two Shanahan boys, and um, we have the two Ryans, uh, Gavin Ryan and Keith Ryan on the half-back line. We have the two Grants, Gerard Grant okay. and Niall Grant, and their first cousin then... Um, if I can find his name and not lose him, Dermot Grant. Um, I'm looking across there, and they're a first cousin to Paul to Colm Ryan, who is our centre forward. Um, we so have Jack Butler you... and his brother TJ Butler yeah. on, the, on the side, and I'm still looking down along here. Where whom else? No, I think that's it. So there, if if you apply if you apply your theory to my own situation, if my brother had been any good, I might have won something. Well, uh, you know <laughs> that's. I'm going to leave that for, they leave that for an now. internal matter Absolutely. Mick it's always good talking to you my friend thanks indeed thanks Ronan take okay. care Bye-bye. good luck, good luck. Uh, we're going to stay on Upper Church Drumban FM for another minute because Stephen Gleeson's on the line how are you Stephen? good here on Church FM yeah Church FM <laughs> <laughs> now, it's, it's, you know what when me and you sit down at Christmas and talk about what happened in the last 12 months the story of the championship and I use that with a collective championship is Upper Church Drumban yeah, it's looking that way at the minute now. You know, to be in two semi-finals is incredible. But at the same time, it is something that they just keep doing. You know, it's hurling one week, football the next. And, you know, that Lockmore Castellani template is there in Tipperary. And it's one really that you could see a lot of clubs going for in the next few years, I think, because it's proven successful, Ronan. Brackens are the same. You know, they won their first ever mid-hurling title this year. They will be very disappointed with yesterday and uh, the week before as well. But, you know, dual players, it, it works. I mean, look at uh, your own club, St. Mary's, you have Seamus Kennedy there, one of their key players, mm. one of the main men for Clonmel commercials. There's loads of them across. Oh, yeah, the I mean, if you're, combi- if you're, it's not just Seamus, like, you know, you've got Ross Peters, you've got uh, Jason Lonergan playing both, you know, I, I'm going to miss out Peter McGarry's playing both. Mm. I mean, there's a lot of players out every weekend. Even look at Mile Rovers, I know it's Junior A hurling, but most of their senior footballers are playing Junior A hurling as well for Mile Rovers. They had a cracking win as well over Bursley in the Junior A yesterday. Uh, so it's, it's, it's working for a lot of clubs and it's, um, it, it, you know, it's not like Waterford went and played all their hurling and got it out of the way Bally Gunner the champions and now they're playing all their football they're not mixing the two and I not, I just think that's an awful strategy because um, Bally Gunner won't won't have played for nine weeks before they played the Tipperary champions in the first round of the Munster Club quarterfinal mm, and Wexford the same you know I mean there's club players there that won't 
have a competitive fixture until next, you know, January, February, and that's finished very early, really, uh, in the year for that. So, like, I think that that is just very extreme, really, you know, but the yeah. way it's working in tip is ideal, really, and uh, it's suiting dual clubs because, I mean, like, the fitness levels of the players now allows for it. You know, Upper Church are seriously fit, and, I mean, Ger Grant spoke to me after the match yesterday, and he made the point that uh, they've been training all year they focused on getting their strength and conditioning right. He's the upper church captain. He said they just weren't strong enough against Killadangan when they met him in the Hurland Championship. And they worked on that all year and they've got there. But again, that takes a few years to work in. I mean, uh, Mick was on before you there. His brother, John, did serious work for a few years with upper church to get them to that level, to get them thinking like champions. And that's where they're at now. They're at the semi-final stage won the quarter-final, they're there. I mean, same with Killer One McDonough's, the work that went on there, yeah. Lee Moshe, over the last few years. They're pushing on, those young players now, it's their time, really. It's the likes of Keane Darcy that is there for them, you know, Keane O'Kelly. Upchurch has Keith Ryan there, an under-20, uh, a really, you know, talented player. Luke Shanahan coming on the scene there as well. But the bulk of them are there for a few years and they've got all that strength and condition and done they've been working working towards this goal yeah. and that's where it is now Stephen talk to me about those eight unanswered points at the end yeah it's a serious comeback um, I think Brackens will be really disappointed with themselves though you know they left a few scores after them I think it was that Andrew Ormond there at one stage was uh, going through and, and just dropped a couple of balls from the 40 short and uh, like they they'll probably rue those sort of chances and they owned the third quarter in that game. You know, it was finally poised at half time. That early goal after was it twelve seconds that Paddy Green got just give up to the start, but Brackens were back in control and they were leading there at the three quarter mark in the game. But Upchurch just showed that spirit, I suppose, that um has been integral and like what is that that's work rate that's going in for every tackle that's just making sure you get a challenge in and maybe the guy you're marking will spill the ball and a teammate will come in and take the ball and that was in abundance from Upchurch yeah. yesterday now I think we did get a couple of calls that were 50-50 in the game no more than uh, in the other matches as well I think this weekend and those close games and you need that bit of luck that uh, you get the free at the right time you know and it doesn't go the opposite way if it is a 50-50 call and Upperchurch got that too and Brackens just seemed to lose their head there from about 50 minutes on because they were in control it looked like and mm. they were just cruising and then they just stopped scoring and they just stopped hurling and the Upchurch half back line there Keith Ryan and Gavin who are both relatives of Mick there they really took over I thought they were excellent you've got speedy corner back there and Mikey Lavery Ger Grant another speedy guy there in the other corner um, you know and, and they just were able to push on in the game and, and take control burst out with the ball and set up attack after attack and I think Jack Butler is a really key player there for Upper Church. He was just immense. He's just always getting the ball and looking and giving it to a teammate in the right position. Yeah. He's just got excellent vision. Well, you know, he's an excellent soccer player as well with Florida Rangers. Everything he turns to, he's a brilliant footballer and he's really having a top year for Upper Church and he's one of their key players now. Well, next Sunday it's Lockmore Castellani against Upper Church Drum Band. That's in Golden at 3.15. The following Sunday it's Senior Hurling. It's Kilowarn McDonald's against Upper Church Drum Band. That's in the stadium at 2 o'clock. Stephen, i got to fly. Busy time for you and all your parishioners, so stay well. Cheers, Ryan. Thanks, Thanks to me. That's Stephen Gleeson from Upper Church Drum Band. Let's get a non-Upper Church Drum Band voice on the radio tonight. Uh, Shane McGrath, how are you? 
how's things running? It's a mighty story. I'll probably spend more time talking about it when we've when we've got the matches done. Um, but congratulations to Upper Church on their dual semi-final. You saw Clonelty against Killadang and it was a low-scoring affair. Yeah, it was. Like, I mean, half-time was eight points to five. Clonelty were up and, you know, like... It was it, like I suppose unless you're from either Paris, I think Ronan, you're you you have found it hard to kind of get engaged in this game. It was to the fairly dull second half, um, and look to be honest, we could be here, we can go through all the scores and the whys that everyone yeah. has. But for me, there's it's it's one moment in the game that changes it, and that's when Aaron Ryan gets his second yellow card, and you know it was deserved as well. He's got the first yellow for a frontal charge. Uh, I think it was on. Or even on Tom O'Mara or someone, and then his second, his second yellow actually was his first strike on Tom O'Mara. So it, it, it was a deserved sending off. And you know, at that time, Ronan, there's 19 minutes gone in the game, and the score is seven points to two to Clonulty. After that, then Killadang and go on to outscore Clonulty, uh, one twelve to I think it was three or four points. Yeah, so and, that was it, really. Uh, so that was it, like you know, and like people say, look. The game might they might have won anyway. They might have won anyway. But I suppose what it allowed Killadangan to do is let one of the best club hurlers in the county, Alan Flynn, and a top intercounty hurler in my opinion as well. He's allowed to go free. He's such he's great vision. He's a great reader of the game. He's a hardy boy as well. When it when he does come into a bit of contact, he's well able to take he's well able to take it. And um, you know to allow someone like that free and what it did for Clonulty then run on the other side was one of the best club hurlers, you know, for the last decade, maybe more in my opinion, John O'Keefe. John yeah. John can't get free or maybe can't get that space that he would maybe normally get because of the work rate going around him when there's 14, 13 outfield guys around him. And, um, you know, it, it just, it, it, it had a major impact on the game. And yeah. I suppose, look, even talking to Killadang and people coming out afterwards, I mean, they'll probably realise that they're in the county semi-final run and, and they actually haven't really played that well yet this year. No, so I, I haven't. For them to be like. Yeah, I haven't been hugely impressed any time I've seen him. I saw him against Lockmore first night out. They were lucky to get a draw. Saw him yesterday. Was not impressed. So, but I know the quality. You've Gallagher's, you've got Flynn's, you've got such talent in that side. And I think from their point of view, they won a smash and grab county title in 2020 against Lockmore. They're going to have to back that up. Yeah, they are. And like, like last year against Thurl Starfield, they lost the county semi-final stage. But like they had some of their key guys were sick that day and they weren't fully right. Like, And I think they they feel like, you know, that they are one of the top club teams in the in the, in the the county for the last number of years now. And they've been the dominant team in North Tip for some time now. And, um, they, you know, they feel that they're good enough to go on and win it. But they will have to find a whole team performance, even listening to um, their selector, Sean O'Mara, talking afterwards there on the radio like he said look we we just need to put it together now for a whole game but look at the end of the day they're in a county semi-final and they haven't played well I, I think it's an ideal stick for Darry Egan Dan Hackett and these guys to beat them with now over the next couple of weeks to say we need to get it together and for me they need to get it together up front because I think at the back they are, they are fairly solid um, you know James Quigley is real solid really impressed John O'Marney came on yesterday cornerback David Sweeney is very solid and as I said Alan Flynn and Decky McGrath you know, it's a really good halfback line. Ty Gallagher, best match I've probably seen him play maybe ever at midfield, Kiladang in one three from play. So I think I think you need to get it up get it up front and look Ronan, we, we a lot of people like I'm sure there's people from Upper Church Killer One maybe shouting at the radio now when I say this, but a lot of people feel that the winners of Drum and Kiladangan are you know, are, are are going to bring home Dan Breen. 
And, you know, if they want to use that for motivation, perfect, in the upper church or the Kilowan dressing room, by all means do. But that's what a lot of people from the outside would see, that whoever comes through to Indrum Kiladangan will will be favourites to, to bring home the Dan Breen. And at the moment, based on form and things like that, I think it'll be a great game, but I, 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 at the moment, you'd nearly fancy drum just about, like just about. Listen, I got to fly. Best of luck against Shannon Rovers in a couple of weeks' time. <laughs> Cheers, Ron. Yeah, all right, take Thanks. it easy, Shane. Thanks Good for luck that. Luck. Good luck. That's uh, Shane McGrath joining us there. Lots, lots more to come. Somebody says, I'd like to give a word on the mid under seventeen A final last Monday night under lights. It was an absolutely cracking game from start to finish. Thirty three super young fellas gave it everything. Uh, somebody else says, I was in Temple too. He has a neutral last Monday night for a minor A final between Holy Cross and my car. A super game under lights and massive crowd, great atmosphere, great advert for underage hurling in Tipperary. Did Holy Cross win that? I have a feeling they did. I saw that Holy Cross team last year. I was hugely impressed. They beat Mary's in a county semi, I think. And they had some serious young talent. I mean, really jaw-droppingly good young talent. Um, I'm Apologies if my Carkey didn't pipped them. I don't have the result in front of me between that under-17A final last Monday night Holy Cross and Mike Carkey Boris. Keep those texts coming in. 083-311-3311. Let's have a quick look at relegation because lots of interesting matches in relegation and lots of interesting matches to come in relegation as well. Just looking at senior hurling, it finished Temple Derry Kenyans 2-14, Mullinahone 24 points and Mike Carkey Boris 120, Aero Ogan 17 points. That means of course that Aero Ogan and Temple Derry will play off for that final for the one team that's going to go out of senior hurling and into Premier Intermediate. Thomas Conway was at the Mullinahone Temple Derry match. Hi Tom. Hi everyone, how are you doing? How much trouble were Mullinahone in during this game? It's an interesting one because, I mean, what struck me after the game was it, it, it almost seemed that Mullinahone wanted it a little bit more in the second half. Now, I hate saying that about, about a game because I know I know for a fact the Templary players will have been trying their hearts out and nobody is questioning that. But there was a sense of conviction and a sense of purpose to Mullinahone in the second half. I mean, they suffered a, a killer setback on the verge of half-time, conceded a goal. And then 30 seconds after the interval, conceded another goal. So, I mean, two sucker punches at crucial times of the game, either side of half time. But in fairness, they responded on both counts. They, they had clawed back the deficit within minutes. Owen Kelly, sharp shootings from Freeze, uh, a number of other players, uh, Connor Whelan, centre back, whom I was particularly impressed with, really held the line there at centre back, had commanded the middle third. Particularly, he's in a that super player. Quarter. Super player uh, had a really good under underage career with Tip. He did, yeah, he did. And I mean, you could see the, uh, you know, you could see his power, his pace going forward. He, he just plays like a player with. He, he has experience clearly. He's able to command the centre, and he knows his role in that team. Yeah, no, it's 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 very interesting that you say that those two goals and when they came because I presume the halftime team talk and the strategy for the second half was almost shredded as a result of that second goal in particular. Yeah, and, and it is it, that, that's what makes the the Mullinahone response so impressive because I mean, look, Owen Kelly finished for I think fourteen points, eleven frees, but they weren't entirely dependent on him. Mullinahone had variety in that forward line. I think Mullinahone are a team which almost. They probably felt a little insulted to be contesting a relegation playoff. You know, probably they don't see themselves as a lower tier team. They they see themselves as a team who should be competing at the latter stages and the knockout stages of the senior championship. 
And that kind of came through. That, that sense was palpable uh, in Temple Moor on Saturday afternoon. Temple Derry, in contrast, probably lacking in a little bit of confidence. Obviously, they won the Shane Korean Cup last year. That would have energised them. Very impressively too, Thomas. I mean, if you remember back to that James Irene performance against Killinall in the final, I thought I was hugely impressed with Temple Derry. They never looked like losing that match. And I didn't foresee them being in this trouble 12 months on. Um, they know how hard it is to come up from Premier Intermediate to Senior. So the last thing they want to do is try and have to replicate that feat. Yeah, and admittedly, they're a hard group, you know, and they, they ran Thurlis Thursfields relatively closely, you know, a couple of other relatively tight games. But I think what a string of a string of defeats like that can do to a team is they can stop them with confidence. And it becomes really hard to summon enough motivation and summon enough spirit to get yourself up for uh, for another game, a relegation playoff. But they now find themselves against their Rogan McCarthy. I mean, it is a, it's a last chance saloon for them because it would really be a massive dent to their progress to... Uh, to get relegated this year, I, I would almost say they don't deserve it. I, I you know, I see a lot in that team. Uh, they, they have, you know, they have good variety. Um, they're a solid team, and I think things just didn't materialise the way they planned this year. That's the way things go. But I mean, uh, Eirog and Akarty, anytime I've seen them in a relegation battle, they absolutely give their all. So that is no quarter given or asked in that final when it's played in a fortnight's time. Yeah, and and the question is, will that type of game suit temporary? Because you know, in relegation games, tactics will often go out the window. Teams throw the kitchen sink at it, uh, and it becomes a dogfight. It becomes a battle. I'm not entirely sure temporary are are a team that would be suited to that. You know, I, I think they play a nice brand of hurling, good variety to their play. They spread the ball and spray the ball around, but it could be very different in, in that relegation battle. They could have themselves. Uh, having to resort to a more direct game of hurling. Um, and it would be very interesting to see how they could cope. It is a very difficult one to call. I think they're two very even teams and both will want equally to, to preserve their senior status. I think if you go down to the uh, relegation finals at senior, premier, intermediate and down to inter- intermediate itself, uh, I think they're really three hard games to call. But, I mean, they'll make for plenty of excitement and nail-biting action in a fortnight's time. Tom, many thanks for joining us. appreciate it. Thanks, Ronan. Enjoy it. Thank you. Tip FM's Extra Time with Ronan Quirk. Hi, folks. It's the final countdown to the new Tipperary GA Club's first monthly draw in the new scheme. Going ahead on this Friday night, September the 30th, in the County Bar, Liberty Square, Thurles. And Tip FM will be there with live coverage from 9pm. Reminding you there's a star prize of a Renault Arcana car plus ownership of 1,000 prize bonds for one year. There's actually prize bonds with all the top 10 prizes in the first four monthly draws. This Friday night there's a total prize fund valued at €40,000 which includes a €5,000 second prize, a €3,000 third prize. In fact, there's 10 prizes valued over €1,000 waiting to be won in this first draw. So join us on Tip FM this Friday night for the first of the new Tipperary GA Club's draw live from the County Bar, Thurless at 9pm. The Tip FM Sports Star of the Month with the Talbot Hotel Clonmel. Formerly Clonmel Park Hotel. Multi-award winning wedding specialists with state-of-the-art leisure facilities and spa with food served daily. The Tip FM Sports Star of the Month. Get your nominations in now. Our text number is 083 The good people of Littleton and Two Mile Boris have been on in their droves to tell me that my carcass won by 20 points to 213 last Monday night in Temple Tui. They led throughout um, 
lots of texts coming in on that. I was just wondering out loud who won it and I thought that that was a serious Holy Cross team. So if my Karki beat that Holy Cross team, that's a serious my Karki team. And congratulations to them. But I believe the quality of unfair from both sides was extremely high. So well done, my Karki, on beating um, Kill Holy Cross, Ballycal, in that final. Another texter says, Aaron Ryan from Clonality's first yellow was only a ticket best. No need for yellows so early. I just want to take up that point. You often hear that at matches. No need for yellow so early. A yellow card offence is a yellow card offence. If it happens in the first minute or the last minute. I never really get that kind of I, sort of argument that you sometimes hear at matches. No need for yellow so early. Anyway, the text goes on to say, as a neutral, it destroyed the game. Kiladangan uh, questioning every decision with linesmen. They helped get... No, anyway, go on. <laughs> we'll, we'll, uh, we'll go on with that as opposed to conspiracy theories. Um, but anyway, 083-311-3311. Please give a mention. Junior A hurlers of Grange, Mokler, Ballyneal did a great victory over a strong Tumivara team to get to uh, county semi-final for the first time since 2004. A grand young team going forward. I think there was a bad injury to somebody in that game and I hope they're well. But I think that game was held up for quite a long time. I think it was a Tumivara lad badly injured in that I hope he's well I hope he's recovering I hope he's not in hospital and I hope he's back on the playing field soon I don't want to go on without mentioning you know the, perf- the performance of the weekend Burgess 327 Cashel King Cormacks 223 that means Burgess are into a semi-final in Premier Intermediate they will have meet up with Gurton Hoog Glen Gould who defeated Port Row, St Mary's who defeated Silvermines and Ross Gray who defeated Turles Sarsfields. That draw sees St Mary's against Gurton Hoog Glen Gould and Burgess take on Ross Gray. Really, really interesting. But, the big but in this is um, Stephen Murray of Burgess. Of Burgess's 3.27, he scored 2.18 out of that 3.27. Is there a better performance in Tipperary this weekend? 218 out of 327. Stephen Murray, Burgess. Many congratulations to him. Many congratulations to Burgess on their progression to a county semi final. 083 311 Tom McGrath's online. How are you, Tom? Hello, Ronan. Lots of people telling me there was a mighty game of under 17A hurling in uh, the mid last Monday night. I missed it because I was here. Well, thankfully, I didn't miss it. <laughs> <laughs> it was good, was it? Yeah, so for so for game of hurling, two two teams to win at the start, and in fairness, Kevin Jordan was refereeing. And he let he let them at it too, like, and uh, they they went they 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 repaid. It was honesty all round, like, and yeah. uh, no, uh, McCarthy got got up and running quite, got their points, and Holy Cross were meant to depend on a couple of goals to keep the margin. McCarthy probably should have won it by a little bit more, but um, there'll be a second instalment one would expect. But uh, I'm sure. Okay. Oh, um, yeah, they're going to those quarterfinals. The quarterfinals are played the weekend, so I'm sure uh, Neen Arog and I think the Golden Kilfiel will have a little bit to say about it as well. There, the four teams are in the semi-final. I'm not sure who's playing who, but the semi-finals are on the coming weekend. I'd expect, and there'll be there'll be a county final. Worth, worth having a bit to see as well I think yeah. and that's, and that's done and dust but no terrific terrific game honestly little bit of tactical stuff in it alright like, which I prefer wasn't in it but no like they, they went at it and great great scores great individual performances great team performances and look all was good like, I mean, that's what you say about it like I was uh, somebody stopped me in the street the other day and asked me who I thought would contest the intermediate hurling relegation final, and I said it would be an all south affair between Ballybacon and Carrick Davins. People should stop asking me my opinion on hurling because clearly I know nothing. <laughs> <laughs> yes, was like for a long time yesterday. Looks as if the Davins were going to be in it, but um, they pulled out. They pulled out the stops towards the finish as well. Like, and I'm not sure the player again. I was close to the action, but. Uh, uh, Devon's Devin, got a goal in the last minute to to win the game and I think they, they just about deserved it they, they went at it and uh, 
Shan Rovers will rue a few missed chances, but all right, they started very well against the Breeze, and but Evans worked their way back into it, and you know Willie Dwyer and a few of those lads, they've been around a while, but they say form form might be temporary, but class is permanent. Indeed, and, you know they're the guys that's. No, and they're passionate about their game too. Like, no more so than Shannon Rovers, it must be said. But nobody wants to go down. And oh, I see. yesterday, you'd know that nobody wants to, wants to go down. But yeah, Shane, Shane McGrath is in strict training now for the strict for, for, for the final outcome anyway. So, and if you look at the Premier Intermediate hurling relegation, the Swan are in that. Um, I, who are the Swan playing in that? Gilladangan. Um, Gilladangan's second team. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. yeah. I can a major fall from Grace for the Swans now. They like won the South. Moved. I was up Having at it. There the was South, 2,000 yeah, yeah. people at it. And I tell yeah. you, they bounced out of the, the Western Road in Clamell yeah, that but night. Like, you know, it's is, it is funny, but then people wonder about the value of divisional championships. Yeah, those people those people thought a lot of the divisional championships that night for the, for the, for that final. And no more so than the people that went to Temple Tui last Monday night thought about the, what they thought of the divisional championships. They're much sought after, and I make the point, you'll have four divisional winners every year. You'll have one county winner. And they need they need necessarily be one of that four either, like. Yeah. And I think a welcome thing in the in the a lot of the games is the fact that there's quarterfinals. You could have a terrific game in a divisional final, and one of them is gone for the year. Whereas with the quarterfinals now, it gives it gives the team that might feel hard done by in a divisional final it gives them a chance to put up or shut up later on down the line. I mean, this is Swan put up a great performance against Silvermines in that preliminary quarterfinal, and that went to extra time. I think they lost by a point in it. So you know, yep. if they can. Bottle a bit of that against Killadangan's team that you know it'll be it'll be interesting. To see. I want to get your reaction to the draws for the semi-finals, Tom, because we're down to four and we have some very very interesting draws that were made last night. You've got Killaran against Upper Church and Drum against Killadangan. Yes, I mean look the four. Like the interesting way it's after walking out, you have the four the four teams to top the group are in the semi-final this year. Yeah, I thought like, so that I was thinking about that the, last night, yeah. That's the way that's the way it worked out this time. But last few years it has been a bit different because the seeding system but no, this, you have the four teams and they said cream comes to the top but um like this what the four quarterfinals were were all very 50-50 games and they ended up that way too. Um I suppose like uh, I'd be still sticking with I'd be I, I still have a fancy for Drum Lynch. I think they didn't produce their best game on on Saturday against Lockmore Castellani. Um did they have to they, though? They did. I mean, McRain's McRain's stats on the whites was 100 percent correct. We had 13 whites, they had six. And as one of our lads said, after tossing the tossing the whites numbers at all, it was the it was where some of them were from. Like that, they were just yeah. But like that's the way it worked out. I mean, they lads got some unbelievable points last year. The same fellas that missed chances on Saturday got them back back last October, November. So I mean, look, what's more important? I mean, we wouldn't. Last November was more important, but that's that's. What my real thing is that if Lockmore Castellani found it so hard to win a county final last year, like it would be a bit, bit churlish to expect to be contesting the county final this year. Short who were short, but I think they've learnt a lot about themselves this year. There's okay. a few fellas there that that are ones for the future, and they've been they've been unearthed this year, been been subject to some game time, and look, that's. That's that's for them, but like I think it's really at this stage it's about the four that's left rather than the four that's gone. Indeed, yeah. Um, just stay there for a sec, Tom, because uh, JJ Kendy's also online. Good evening, to you, JJ. Hi, Ronan. We talk about the four that's left: um, oh, Drum and Inch and Killadang and Mick Ryan was kind of I don't know maybe maybe a bit of development saying that the winner will come from that. Do you think so? Well, I, I suppose they are they are the two. Um, if you look at the favourites. Uh, 
Hildangan have been favourites for some time um, with the bookies. They say the bookies don't get things wrong too often. They do at times, but Hildangan um, certainly have been favourites. Some have been, in, in recent weeks, have been the second favourites. So that's the, the way the draw worked out. Um, I, I think, you know, when you're looking at the games, and those of us have been at the games for the last number of weeks and seen them, um, Kilitangan certainly haven't um, put the place on fire. They haven't, they haven't really hit top form at all. I, I would say of what we've seen so far, they're they're some bit back from where they were up two years ago. Whenever when they when they won that that title, um, I mean they were very poor. I thought yesterday against Kenoti. You know, in the circumstances of of the players that Kenoti were missing, and it, it, it wasn't just the, the, the sending off of Aaron Ryan. I mean, it was the loss of Jack Ryan to injury. He was he was labouring in the first half and uh, he was key to them. You know, he was their free taker and got two great points from Clay as well. Um, they had problems with their free taking when he left in the, in the second half. So, you know, in those circumstances, you would have, it would have been a terrible one for Kiladangan to lose. And, and I thought they laboured in it. Um, you know, it was only when, when uh, Ty Gallagher went into that goal that he sort of put a little bit of daylight and they won by hot five or whatever at the end. But it, it wasn't impressive. They haven't really been impressing. I think their favouritism is kind of stemming from the fact that they are recent winners and, and people look at them and they say, well, they have the pieces if they can just put them together. Um, so far, they're struggling a bit to put them together and the better form has come from drum, you have to say that. I'm going to paraphrase you then and say it back to Tom about pieces and putting them together because there's no doubt in my mind that Kilroy have the pieces. Yeah, I, I, I go with that. Um, I think the the, the Kilroan church match will be will be uh, could be a humdinger altogether because there's both 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 will fancy, will fancy themselves. But no, Kilroan have Kilroan have been there thereabouts. But um, have they, Tom? Apart from the North final in 2018, have they? They have because, like, I mean, they've won their group. They've won the group stages of the championship, and they've been top seeds for a number of years. But they've they've faltered in the, at the quarterfinal stage last year against Lochmore Castaigne. They got hit with a salvo of goals, John McGray early on, and only for a great save from Aidan McGrath would, would about halfway through the second half to have brought it back to four points. And I think they would have asked serious questions of Lockmore coming down the stretch then, despite having got hit with it. So I think they're there. Buggy, Dejel saw Buggy's goal. It was, it, was, it was only Buggy would score the goal. Like he had to do, he, he had to improvise to get to get it in. And I think it was only him would have put it in. Seamus Hennessy came in, first couple of minutes, two points and had a wide and he's in another ball to somebody that went that went wide as well. But it wasn't his fault it went wide, shall we say. But they have players, the Cahals are all there and then there's there's a number of other, they've, they've good players throughout the thing but it's what they'll have at 18, 19, 20 when they're going to need and when the ground gets that little bit heavier it will be every day will tell now on ground conditions and then that's when your panel is going to be stretched and nothing takes it out of the legs quicker than the stadium I think yeah. and tis, who's going to have the, the the deeper panel and now I see the church used a couple of their their David, David Junior team David Junior team in the well. semi that's true but they they're used a couple well of them they used a couple of them yesterday so they're not they're not shy they're putting their they're putting their eggs in the first mm. basket which is the way it should be done so whether they'll use others that will strengthen them but I still, I, I, I still have a hunch that's drummer the team. Like when it comes to, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be taken with Kiladang and JJ has said much the same thing. Um, Clonalty were, you know, divested of a, a lot, a lot of their power for 
various reasons that that absentees for one reason or another then they had to send an off and then they had crucial injury to Jack Ryan as well he was injured before the match anyway like he was his leg wasn't his leg wasn't right so then they, they had they had the problems and it just got worse then as the game went on like which was you know, you know a sad end to their year really uh, JJ I'm going to leave the last word with you I wish I had more time Premier Intermediate semi-finals he's Burgess against Ross Gray Gertner Hoogland Gould against Marys I was at the Marys Silvermines game yesterday impressed enough with Marys but that performance won't be enough to overcome Gortnahoo Glengool. People are thinking about a Ross Gray Gortnahoo final, but Burgess scored lights out in their uh, quarter final against Cashel. Yeah, I, I've I've only seen a few of these a few of these games, and uh, it's one of the problems with these fixtures that they're all coming together and the you know Premier Intermediate and of course the World Intermediate get get lost completely. Yeah, particularly particularly in the media, but. Um, you know, I, I saw Marys on their worst day possible here in Borlaan against uh, who was it against? Uh, Burgess, Burgess. Yeah, Burgess. that was Burgess, the last yeah. of the. They'd already qualified from the group, I think. At that they stage. had, they had, and they did deplete a team out, and so you couldn't, you couldn't judge them at all on that. Um, you know, yeah, I, I, I think it's, um, I think it's tight. I, I think like all these, like all these competitions, there's very little. I mean, the number of draws we've had, the number of extra times they one two point victories and so on you know all, all of these groups uh, you know all of the competitions are very tight and um, so you have you know you have you have three or four teams the four teams left there I think they'll all feel that, that they're in with the shout uh, in that particular one yeah listen lads I gotta fly but thanks indeed for your time tonight I appreciate it that's uh, JJ Kendi and Tom McGrath um, we'll just quickly go to Camogie because the draws have been made for the senior Camogie semi-finals after yesterday's quarterfinals uh, Anna Carty booked their semi-final spot with a 2-14 to 3-7 win over Burgess to Hara joining them is Clonality Ross Moore they saw off the, saw off the challenge of Turles Sarsfields winning on a scoreline of 3-12 to 2-8 after that game the Clonality manager James Heffernan spoke to uh, the County Camogie Board PRO Geraldine Canaan and uh, gave his thoughts on the win over Turles Sarsfields a very physical game I suppose like I find out a lot of the Camogie games like there's no there's no easy ball there's no um, loose ball um, like we were saying at half time like we're, like we're steeped you know, only two points down um, you know because Sarsfields are probably on top for a lot of it like a 1-4 to, to no score down and it looked very, very hairy at that stage, you know, but um, I thought in fairness to our girls now, we come out in the second half, in the first 15 minutes of the second half, I thought we did very well. Um, you know, kind of stemmed the tide a bit from Sarah's. Um, kind of got to grips with their forwards inside, like their inside forwards were doing damage in the first half. I thought our backs really stepped up well in the second half as well. Um, so look, overall, we're delighted to be in a semi-final. Like, this, like we knew this was going to be a big, I suppose a big test. So like we're very happy now, we have two weeks to prepare. Like we've, again, I said after the drum match that we have a load to work on now for the next two weeks as well. And and you're after getting uh, Castle King Cormans in the draw, a team you haven't played in recent years in Championship. Um, what are your thoughts on, on that draw? Yeah, um, like we played them in, in was a league or a challenge match area around the year and like, very lively. They've, they've um, loads of young players and, and they've you know, got a few experienced players back as well now. By all accounts, Les, um, like they're probably the most impressive team that has played so far uh, in the championship. Um, top their group, you know, fairly convincingly. So, like you know, they win probably as favourites in that game, and that, prob- that probably suits us in some ways. You know, um, we, st- we still probably have a lot to work on. We probably haven't caught fire. Uh, we probably, you know, um, probably expecting to be maybe getting more scores. Um, but uh, look, cash would be a very tough game. But like two weeks, it's, you know, like it's all do or die now from now on. You know what I mean? So. That's James Heffernan from Clonality Ross Moore after they got into a semi-final where they will 
Um, but they, um, the draw is, I think, uh, Drummond Inch will play Aerog and Akarty and Cashel will take on Clonelty Rossmore. That's the semi-finals in senior Camogie. Barry Ryan is on the line. How are you, Barry? Hi, Ronan. How are you? I always get excited at the first round of the FAI Junior Cup. It really is a special weekend. Just looking at some of the standout results, Sally Park Odrins 4, Banshee Celtic 3. Did that surprise you? Yeah, look, it did. Um, we've already mentioned this several times on the show. You just don't know what you're going to get from Bancha. When everyone's available, um, you know, they go and spring a big result. And then maybe when you expect them to go and win a game like that, I don't know what they travel down with, um, but it's a disappointing result. Bancha are an established Premier Division TFCL team. Yeah, no doubt about it. And Care Park had all their work to do to overcome BT Harps. Yeah, and that's a, that was the flip side of it. Then that was the result you would say. BT are always at the top end of North Tip. Uh, and care have been a little bit up and down. Um, that was a super That's an understatement. <laughs> yeah, look, they, ha- look, they have been struggling. Um, so that result, probably none of us saw it coming. And, and even, like, St. Michael's and Common Town will tell you, in recent years, BT Harps is a difficult place to go in the FA Junior yeah. Cup. So um, they actually got to the last 32 a couple of years ago, BT Harps, had a big, a big uh, team from Dublin down. So um, it's a competition. They have a little bit of history in themselves. So that's a super result for care. And I wish I had more time, but Rose Green Rangers, I thought, had a really good win on the road to Loch Derg. They certainly did. 3-0 away from home and Rose Green gave Peak Villa a really good game um, up in Turles two weeks ago and it finished 4-1. And when you look at Peak Villa scoring 14 goals this weekend, the first thing that came to my mind was how well Rose Green did up there a couple of weeks ago. So, I, you know, that really is, is a kind of a, a boost to Rose Green as well. Yeah, absolutely. Barry, we'll talk next week. Thanks a million. Thanks, Ron. Take care. That is Barry Ryan. Quick look on soccer. We've only got, what, two minutes left. And massive weekend success in the Greyhound. Front, from a Tipperary point of view, Dave Burns on the line. Hi, David. Ronan, how are you this evening? Yeah, I'm busy. Uh, you talked it up last week about uh, Tipperary involvement in the Greyhound derby in Shelburne Park last Saturday night, and there was a tip winner. There certainly was, and uh, what a success it was for Born Warrior and Jennifer O'Donnell, a young woman starting out her training career. Absolutely tremendous performance. It was a, a brilliant derby final, and... Uh, Massive congratulations to Jennifer and the connections of Born Warrior. He was superb on the night. And uh, he had been getting caught coming home in previous weeks, but uh, on Saturday night, he managed to get away, do enough around the opening couple of bends, and Bally McFinn chased him down. But uh, it was an unbelievable performance. And as I said, uh, fantastic to see Jennifer O'Donnell, her father and her mother, both train the winner of this race, and her aunt Dolores as well, which is an extraordinary um, achievement in itself. So... It was brilliant uh, by Jennifer O'Donnell and great congratulations to them all. Well, actually, you can pass on that congratulations in person, David, because she's on line six. How are you, Jennifer? Hi, yeah. Well, firstly, heartiest congratulations. I'm interested to hear your your fact that your mum and dad had success in this race in the past. Yeah, uh, both mum and dad had success in the race. Mum won it in 2012 with Skywalker Puma and dad won it back in the 90s. Um, He had the other toss, Starford Mick and Batty's Rocket. So was it always an ambition of yours to train a, a derby winner? Uh, yeah, it was. Um, it was more an ambition to breed a derby winner as well. Um, I think that's what makes it more special um, for us. But no, definitely it's everyone's ambition to win a derby. Yeah, well, Hartis, I mean, you're at the very early stages of your training career. It's a, it's massive success in your, you know, such a, such, so early on. Uh, yeah, look, we were brought up around the dogs at home, so um, it's great to get one in my own name, but it's just kind of continuing on the tradition of what the winners we've had at home and the success we've had as a family. Cause it's a big family affair, really, with the dogs. 
Well, congratulations, Jennifer. I wish I had more time, but another phenomenal success story coming out of Killinall. Many congratulations. Thanks for Thank joining us. Thank you very much. Not Thank at all. you. That's Jennifer O'Donnell and David Burns joining us there. I'm sorry we had to, to keep that so short. And thanks to everyone who contributed to tonight's show. Just before I go, on behalf of myself and my producer, Eno Connor, I just want to express our condolences to the O'Sullivan family on the death of Dennis O'Sullivan. Dennis O'Sullivan was a dear, dear friend to both myself and Ian over many, many years. We've, myself and Ian have been here for over 20 years and Dennis has been such a help to us as we started our careers in radio and his death over the weekend left such a massive gap in, in, in Tipperary radio. He was much loved much loved and much liked by Tipperary people all over the country and uh, on behalf of myself and Den- and Ian I just want to express our condolences to his wife Stella, his son Michael or Yeshde Gareva one of the giants of Tipperary radio. May he rest in peace. Good night and good luck.